Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. Morning. And produced by Limitless Broadcasting. There we go. Don't forget to check out our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. See? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair warning, everyone. I have lots of energy this morning, and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. So sure does. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She is hyped up today. Yeah. So sorry. Actually, mm-hmm. move this. Me and Sammy are kind of on the low key, so it's going to be a balance. You're still waking yeah. up today. Yeah. So. They're going to yeah. try to keep me on track because I am in charge of this episode, which is a scary, scary thought. We shall see. Mm-hmm. My stupid webcam light keeps coming on. I don't like it. <laughs> um. It's supposed to like be like a ring light on my webcam, mm-hmm. and it just makes it's me the master look control harsh. program. I don't like the master control program, and that <laughs> takes us right to what we need to talk about today. It's you, a good segue. Yes, <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. we are talking about um, the 1982 Tron and the 2010 Tron Legacy, and I am really excited to talk about both of them. Um, this this morning uh but we are going to start off of course with tron 1982 uh this is direct from imbd a computer hacker is abducted into the digital world and forced to participate in gladiatorial games where his only chance of escape is with the help of a heroic security program that is a very like doesn't give you much Mm -mm. um but pretty much what's happening is kevin flynn he's the computer hacker he 
has created this program, um, but then he got kicked out of his company. I don't remember for what reasons, but got kicked out of the company, like fired. And he's trying to hack his way back in and get proof that he was the one who created these um, programs because someone of uh, the uh, somebody else in the company like stole his ideas and took credit for them. Yeah, video so games. Video mm-hmm. games. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and he was sab- he basically he was sabotaged. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, he was sabotaged. Uh, so he is trying to get them back. And while he's doing it, something happens and one of their experimental lasers go off and he gets sucked into the computer programs. Um, to go into and the it computer is, world. It's very um, trippy. I'm going to be very honest. very trippy. For sure. For the, I mean, this was the first time I ever watched the original Tron and I was like tripping out a little <laughs> bit. I'm like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. But the director is Stephen uh, Lisberger. Writer was also Stephen Lisberger, Bonnie McBird, and Charles Haas. Starring uh, a young Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for that. Holy Mm -hmm. crap. He was an attractive man when Mm -hmm. he was younger. Never would have saw that coming. Um, Because all I see is old grandpa (laughs) Jeff Bridges. He's perpetually the dude forever. Yeah. Yes, that's the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Boxletner and David Warner were the three big stars, and the Bruce played um, Alan, and David played shoot. Who David played? David played um, Gallagher. No. Yeah, Gallagher. Um, and Bruce also played Tron. I'm sorry, Tron. Bruce played Alan slash Tron. My bad. Mm-hmm. Because in this world, your computer program that you've created mirrors your likeness, which is also a little trippy. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. That was actually Dillinger. I, I had to look it up real quick. Dillinger. Dillinger thank you. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. Dillinger. <laughs> thank you. I was like, wait, Gallagher? Um, that's not right. Uh, I can't remember. Gallagher. Was there a Gallagher in Tron Legacy? I got the three I don't know. syllables. I don't think eh, so. I was close. Uh, but uh, trivia let's just go into the trivia (laughs) Um, so this film was actually disqualified from receiving any Academy Award nominations for special effects because the Academy felt at the time that using computer generated effects was cheating wow did it you know okay Star Wars didn't use like the original Star Wars did it I'm, I'm trying to pull back from two years ago it didn't use computer generated effects did it in the original, no. Mm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, and then mm. while the film was a commercial failure, the arcade video games based on it proved to be a tremendous hit and actually outgrossed the film. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Disney didn't have very good luck with the live action during this time. And I have a trivia about that later on in the list. Mm-hmm. Um. The state-of-the-art computer used for the film's key special effects had only two megabytes of memory and 330 megabytes of storage. So for the um, non-computer literate people, it it wasn't enough. It was was less than an iPhone. Significantly less. That's insane. Significantly less. Like way, way less. Like 330 megabytes. Jeez. That's it. That's usually the size of a game. (laughs) If that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, I, I think that's I mean, the size of like my YouTube app on my on my phone. Probably. Roughly. There's a good chance. Good chance. 
Um, so the, that makes me understand now why this thing is so trippy to me because I'm like, you didn't have much power back mm-hmm. then. No. Yeah. But anyways, uh, to inspire the actors, arcade games were actually placed on the production set and it could be played during downtime. Jeff Bridges apparently was the most adept at the games and found it hard to tear himself away from the game to shoot a scene. Yeah, that's funny. Yep. Um, Sammy, read that one and tell me yay or nay, and I'm going to go to the next one. Uh, many Disney animators refused to actually work on this. <laughs> I read that earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) They feared that computers would put them out of business. In fact, 22 years later, Disney closed its hand-drawn animation studio in favor of CGI animation. I'm still angry about that. That's anyways. um, Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Hand-drawn animation was ultimately resumed at Disney at the behest of the new creator, John Lasseter, also head of Pixar, ironically, a computer animation company. Mm -hmm. Um. So wait, so 82, 22 years later, that was 2002 when it closed. And when did it recently reopen? Was it for Wishes hand-drawn, isn't it? Mm. Like it has hand-drawn elements? It, it looks like it has hand-drawn does. elements, at least. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if the entire thing is hand-drawn, though. Yeah. Should I share that one or not? Okay, let's think of how we can say this so it's not so terrible. I'm sure the audience is mature enough to handle it. <laughs> Somewhere uh, in there, right? So. Uh, I think I got it. It's okay. a funny little trivia. It's not that. It really cool. is. It's kind of hilarious. It's so, so um, funny. Jeff Bridges, the suit was so tight that there had to be specific things worn to conceal, like a dance belt. Because there was not le- much left to the imagination in Jeff yes. Bridges' outfit. There we go. Mm-hmm. And for the older generations, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. moving on. Okay. The um, programmer's cubicles at NCOM were actually shoot, shot using the actual programmer's cubicles at the Walt Disney Company's Information Technology Group. A map painting was used to expand the area to a size more appropriate, appropriate to a software company. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tron is also a debugging compound in the basic programming language, meaning trace on. However, Steven Lisberger had stated in interviews that he took the name from the word electronic and did not mm-hmm. know about the basic command until later. So that's getting a little like computer technical. Yeah. Um, but he he technically took it from electronic, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The la- the Encom Laser Bay was real. It was actually the target bay for the 20 beam Shiva solid state laser facility at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. It was used for nuclear fusion research in the late 70s and early 80s and was capable of delivering up to 28 trillion watts of power on target. Cool. So where wow. he got taken away into the computer mm-hmm. that was an actual laboratory nice mm-hmm. yep uh all the live action that occurred inside the computer was filmed in black and white and then colorized later with photogenic and mm-hmm. rotospectric techniques i wanted to add that because when i was watching it, i'm like how did they get everyone these colors mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i was wondering A very that too. long arduous process it seems yes. like it would be yes <laughs> 
Wow. Yes, very much so. And then due to the poor return at the box office following this film and its predecessor, The Black Hole, uh, Disney Studios did not make another live subject film for 10 mm -hmm. years. So that would have been 92. What came out in 92? It was live action. That was live action. I don't know. Was it The Rocketeer, maybe? I know that was early 90s. Disney. Uh, let's just look up Rocketeer. Movie, not the comic. 91. Yeah, Boom. Rocketeer. Good ah, job. Wow, nice. look at you. That's literally yeah. the only one I could think of that's early 90s. Okay. From yeah, because everything that was coming to my head, I'm like, oh, that's late 90s. That right. I know that was sense. my problem too. I'm like, no, no. no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts on this movie? Dan. Now, I'll let you guys go first. I've seen this a hundred times. I want to hear the, <laughs> the different perspectives. Okay. Gotcha. What? Ash is already tripping out. I think she's going to sneeze. <laughs> nope. Never mind. It went away. <laughs> uh, I was like, what happened with, like, with her? I felt it and I'm like, I'm about to sneeze. But I'm it went away. Waited. So we're good. I just um, waited awkwardly. That was. So oh, okay. Um, so I'll just do my thoughts because I don't have many, but this was my very, very, very first time ever mm -hmm. watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And I texted Sammy, what did I say? Like word for word, I want to read what I said. Yeah, and I, I can't remember. remember. It did make me laugh. And I was just like, okay. um, let's see here. Oh, no. All I said was, and the original Tron is um, dot, dot, dot weird <laughs> laugh out loud and then could you please read here and young jeff bridges oh okay yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and young jeff bridges confuses me it's his voice like nowadays voice but his very but he is very attractive as a young man i mean he's a good looking dude he certainly oh, was yes. like, he gives him the screen. i'm like who's that and then he talked i'm like Oh gosh, that's Bridget. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, where did you come from? Right. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It it confused me. Um, you would have made a good Han Solo. Mm -hmm. As a kid, that's how I saw him. He was like off-brand Han Solo, mm -hmm. or like off-brand yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. seeing him as a young, young man, I'm like, oh, he could have. It would. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, looks wise, it would have worked. Voice wise, mm. not like. It, Harrison in his younger years has that kind of like sexy voice. He's a little more, a little more rugged as opposed to. Mm, I mean, Jeff Bridges is like just a hippie, no matter what he says. Yes, so true. Very yeah. true. Very Except true. for when he played Obadiah Stane in uh, Iron Man, I heard no hippiness in there. True, there was but, no hippiness in that one. Yeah. I forgot he was. I forgot that was him. I hope yeah. you do too. Until I see, I was like, oh yeah, that's Flynn. he's in this Jeez. movie. <laughs> Yeah, Amazing. He's, he's, he really he's got a range, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, does. he does. I will say I was a little confused about the relationship between the three friends because there's the girl that I believe she's now dated both of them. Mm -hmm. I don't remember mm -hmm. her name. And Laura. then he like they're they're who? Laura. What's her name? Laura. So like Laura's with Alan in real life. And then she's technically with Tron in the movie. But then she thought Tron died. So she kiff, kissed Flynn. And then when she finds out Tron's back, she flips back and I'm like, 
what is going on? Well, she's a she's an innocent little program. She doesn't have a lot say. of world experience, you know. Yeah, you know. She's not as world weary as the actual real world Laura. I was no. just trying to keep up with her. Right. You know, Laura's like, just out living her life. life. You know, she's mm-hmm. living her best program life. You know, there's cute, cute programs around her. Why not? Yeah. I I will say that I wish I would have seen this one before I saw Tron Legacy because I saw Tron Legacy when it came out in 2010. And this one was just like, I don't, I, it took me a while to get used to like how the grid looked and all the things. Cause I'm yes, used it's to very different. the newer, mm-hmm. nicer, not nicer, but like newer. More crystal clear, more high tech. Yes. Like, yeah. More yeah. crystal clear, mm-hmm. high tech grid mm-hmm. so it was it was a little hard for me to like follow because i was trying to connect the two and it just wasn't working in my head but it was two good, very I different mean, movies was, mm-hmm. yeah it was a good movie like mm-hmm. i liked it i'll probably won't watch it again for a long time but <laughs> enough. it was not a bad movie Mm-mm. yeah those are my thoughts mm-hmm. i got you i mean this was only my second time watching it mm-hmm. yeah this is only the second time i've seen it so yeah i'm almost in your same boat ashley <laughs> It is trippy, and I know I've I saw the Tron Legacy well before I ever watched this one. So I had the same thing when it started, but I'm like, well, it's 80s. You got to like reset Keep that in mind. <laughs> this is the first one, okay? Mm-hmm. The other one is the new version. This is the first one, but I mean, it is very trippy, like you said. But you know, again, early 80s movie. It is what it is. But yeah. I I did like it. Um, I really, even though the graphics are, you know, like compared to nowadays standards are, you know, not as good. I still thought it was really well done, mm-hmm. especially now that you shared what little, you know, like memory mm-hmm. and all that they had to work with. I thought it was really well done. And I did wonder, like you said about the color, because I'm like, they look black and white, but then they got the color on there. Mm-hmm. So that explains all the work they put into it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I liked the look. I mean, I almost, mm-hmm. I kind of almost wish in the new movie that they had done a little bit more to make them look more gamey, like they did in the the original one. Like when mm-hmm. I was really thinking about it, I was like, I almost wish it looked more gamey, like it did in the original. And I know why in the original, because again, graphics, whatever. Yeah, it was a big, a very different world. Right, and it was you know thirty years later, but. Yeah, it's still it's fun, um, and it it's it's a lot of fun too because it just reminds you of those really old first games that came out. Mm-hmm. It really has that feel, and I, it's very I like nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I got yeah. from it. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, this is very '80s game feeling. They like really nailed it in the feeling of the movie that you mm-hmm. were inside of an '80s game, and I really Absolutely. liked that part too. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just fun um again mm-hmm. i i'm not gonna probably watch it again for a while <laughs> in that's, the same way you know fair. but um i mean to be fair i hadn't watched the other tron in a while either so no you know, i haven't either yeah i mean it's not like i don't just turn these on so it's not like anything against the movie it's just yeah yeah i got gotcha. you you know but i, I do like it, both of them yeah i don't think i've watched tron legacy since i got it on dvd oh really i think it's been since <laughs> which like shows how long it's been because you're saying dvd dvd Ugh. Don't age me. I age myself on a daily basis. What are you talking about? We're all millennials. Mm-hmm. I know. I already we, felt bad enough when I saw it was 2010 that it came out. I was like, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that you was, and I, I believe you ago. and I went and saw this at Christmas together because it came out December That's 17th I, in theaters. That's what I thought. I'm just like, I must have seen this in theaters with you mm-hmm. because, yeah, that's the only way. You know, I can think of that. Yep. I probably would have went to go see it in theaters. So, and 
And then it must have been down in Florida when we saw it in theaters or something, because not soon after that is when you and I talked about the book, which I'll talk more about in the next when we talk about. Yeah, we have lots of, lots of offish, mm-hmm. on topic, off topic ish things yeah, to go yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but overall, it's it's a fun movie, and I of yeah. course I love a young, uh, you know. Jeff Bridges. Young, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Young, I mean, young, what's his name? Who played Alan? Um, um, Bruce. Bruce yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, he was a pretty, good looking guy, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. some good looking people in this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's actually kind of cool it's because it's the 80s. You're just yeah. good looking. <laughs> Everyone was just super attractive in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were. Yeah. <laughs> I actually knew Bruce Boxleader. I mean, I, I knew Tron, but I wasn't familiar with him until about a decade later. There was a sci-fi show that came out in the '90s called Babylon Five, and he oh, was yeah, like one of, of it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he was like one of the main characters on there. Oh, and then my dad, who was like a huge fan of the show, was like, "Hey, that's from Tron." And I was like, "Okay," I was able to put the mm-hmm. two and two together, bridge them together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's cool. That's why I, I kind of it's interesting hearing like other perspectives because I grew up on this movie. So okay. for mm-hmm. me, it's like very childhood nostalgia. So yep. it's like probably one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So seeing like people who have never seen it before, I just wanted to see like a different kind of view on it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for now, for me, it's like uh, a, a big part of it is just seeing just the innovation, the process of how they made this movie even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like, I mean, what they did was never even heard of. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so a lot of yeah. it was, I mean, just arduously airbrushing and painting like the different cells for the films and everything like that. And um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, it's, I don't know, it's one of those movies I just kind of like, like to escape into, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love the feel of it. Yeah. It's something it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty, it's a very pretty film. Yeah, yeah, I, I can in, see in my, that. In my opinion, you know, it's just yeah, kind of no. glistens with all the neon and all that. I do uh-huh. like all that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, um, and it's like I've heard people say like, "Oh, the storyline is like not very good and it's cheesy and all that." I'm like, I think that's a matter of perspective because <laughs> it's like, look, it's a movie about humans going into a computer and having all sorts of wacky adventures. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. no, it's Casablanca or anything like that. You know? Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, I, I love that it's like, if we're going to take this cartoonish idea, let's actually create a sort of mythology within the world. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the programs are like people and then the users are like these like godlike entities of mm-hmm. us, basically, mm-hmm. you know, so it's sort of like a weird reflection of, you know, how we see ourselves, how we see, you know, if there's anything else out there or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's like, um, what did I say? I had a thought. A, while, um, a minute ago and I lost track of it. Oh yeah, it's like it takes itself just seriously enough to be believable, mm-hmm. but remains silly and cartoonish enough to where you can have fun with it. Like, that's what I love about 80s movies is that they find that weird balance of like, tongue-in-cheek but also believable. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel yeah. like you don't see a lot of that nowadays, or maybe that's just me. No, uh, everyone no. wants to be serious. It's for too many serious it's dark movies. And gritty. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. Everything's like Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gritty mm-hmm. and realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Realistic. Yeah. We need more fun in film. We do. We I need agree. lots more fun in our lives. Mm-hmm. 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 Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that. the I like that, too. The computer systems being 
or the the programs being portrayed as people and then like the users being like the godlike kind yes. of thing it kind of reminds me of like uh men in black with mm-hmm. the kind ones of. in the in the yeah. in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. locker mm-hmm. and like it just it, that's where my mind goes with that but no it was I mean, it was a good, it was a good movie. I'm sad that it didn't do well at the box office, probably because mm-hmm. people just, I'm wondering if they expected like, like a Star Wars quality with it. Like, I don't know. I mean, this is during the time of Star Wars. So maybe it just, it came out at the wrong time. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't get it. I think people wanted more. I mean, cause that was like big. Uh-uh. or expecting that with movies like this mm-hmm. and tron as good as it is it doesn't have that blockbuster feel it's a cult classic yeah yeah or at least back then it's when... know, like this little side movie empire strikes back came out in 1980 mm-hmm. where is i can't remember the 80 okay so may of 83 mm-hmm. um is when um Return of the Jedi came out, but it was mm-hmm. in the Star Wars era, so I'm wondering if that had some effect on it. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many movies got ignored when The Matrix came out? I mean, there were a lot of good movies that were kind of pushed to the side when, yep. you know, everything yep. was The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Probably what Star Wars was back then. Mm-hmm. Yep, probably. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, any more thoughts before we go into the legacy? I don't have anything. Alrighty. Yeah. So about, should have done the math on this. This would have been 82, 92, 2002. Almost 30 years later. So 28 years later, Mm -hmm. um, we come out with Tron Legacy in 2010. Like I said, it came out in December of 2010. Uh, The son of a virtual world designer goes looking for his father and ends up inside the digital world that his father designed. He meets his father's corrupted creation and a unique ally who was born inside the digital world directed by joseph Koznick. kaczynski kaczynski i even practiced this earlier i don't know where kick <laughs> came from writers edward kitsy adam horowitz and brian klugman um of course with inspiration from uh oh what was his name steven lesber lesberger who created the mo- the characters uh stars of course jeff bridges as uh flynn again Garrett Hedlin, who played his son, Olivia Wilde, uh, who plays Cora, and then of course Alan um Bruce, um, oh gosh. Boxletter. Boxletter, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh does make an appearance as Alan at the beginning and shortly at the end. Uh and then I didn't put his name down, but I can't remember what his name is. But um the guy who was just an Oppenheimer, the main character, he plays uh Dillinger's son who is a little butthead in the boardroom. Oh my gosh, that was him, Killian Murphy. I didn't even... I never put that together. Me neither. I'm a fan of him. I watched it. I love him. I watched it last night um, and this morning. I had to divvy it up because Megan came over. But yeah, I saw him in there and I'm like, that's Oppenheimer. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even notice. He was also in... was he in one of the he was in one of the batman movies too i believe he was in the first yes. one he played uh thank yeah. you the thank scarecrow. you yeah yep. yes 
he always freaked me out. Like he just freaks me out as a car- as an actor now because he's he so good. He oh has that gosh. like good looking but psycho look. Yes, he does. Yes. I love him so much. Crazy. Yeah. Yes. I mostly know him from the movie uh, Red Eye, where he plays like a like a hitman. Yes, mm-hmm. I've seen like, yeah. the trailer with for Red Eye. I never saw the movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like mm. one of those suspense movies. Don't gotcha. Think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's see here. So some trivia about this movie: uh, the crowd voices during the disc battle in the beginning of the movie are actually the voices of the audience during the panel of the film at the 2010 San Diego Comic Con. The audience was instructed to stomp and chant to prompts shown on a large screen, and the sound was recorded by text from Skywalker Sound. Oh, oh cool. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, let's see here. In an interview, Jeff Bridges notes that he was being scanned by a laser into the computer for the CGI effects. He realized it's the same thing that happened to him fictionally in the original Tron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, I, I I know that CGI, like that kind of CGI was still very, very new in 2010, but I watched it. I'm like, oh, that does not hold up. He looks fake. Like young Jeff Bridges looks so fake. I, I'm going to be really honest. We thought that back then, at least when I saw it. That's, yeah. I, I, that's true. Like, he like, he I, did. I know look that's fake. all we got, yeah. but it's like it, this is really uncomfortable to watch. Yes, it's very and awkward. It was still uncomfortable no. to watch. Like it has not changed. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it was in its infancy, so I can be forgiving. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was, and that's why I forgive it. But it's just like, oh, this hurts, especially yeah. when you know how like attractive he really was when he was that age, and you're trying mm. to replicate it. It doesn't work. It's <laughs> just moving around like, oh my god, oh, it's very weird. Yeah, it's so weird. It's very weird. I yeah. think did I add it? There was a trivia about how they did that with his facial expressions, but I don't know if I added it because there were so many tech trivia that i'm like i can't do all this mm-hmm. i barely understand what's going on on it um let's see here early drafts of the script did not feature the role of alan Braid bradley which dumb um it was only after a public outcry by bruce and his fans of the original film that bradley was added to the script no. uh, bruce's performance proved so popular that it went on to make public appearances as alan bradley to promote the film and return to play the role of Tron in Tron Uprising, which is a cartoon, if you did mm-hmm. not know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm glad they added him because Alan needs to be in there. He he needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Especially when he's the original Tron. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, people. Uh, it's kind of weird that- how it's like this movie's called Tron, yet Tron was hardly ever in the movie. Yeah, not yeah, till right? the end. He was <laughs> like not even the seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Shooting the film lasted only 64 days, but post-production, due to the heavy special effects, required 68 weeks. Yeah, I believe so it. A little over a year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see here. The suits worn by the actors proved to be pl- problematic on set. Every single one of them was fitted with a small lithium battery that powered the circuitry for the embedded light strips. But each battery only lasted 12 minutes. In order to maximize the output, the light strips had to be switched on right before each take and turned off immediately afterwards. The circuitries inside the suits were also very fragile, so the actors could not simply sit because between takes, but had to recline against upright boards. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. Not, as, not the same problems that Bridges had. Not so much. Mm-hmm. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
While holding the Tron action figure, young Kevin Flynn hums the first five notes to Wendy Carlos' theme for the original film, and it is only time it is heard. Hmm. Yep. Little Easter egg. And then the wardrobe budget for the film was $13 million. Each custom suit was $60,000 because of those light strips and circuitry. I could see that. (laughs) Hollywood and their budget. For sure. Um, And then Olivia Wilde's futuristic gear was so effective that when she showed up on set one day as herself after two months' work, she was stopped by a security official who who demanded to see her ID. Nice. That's funny. Yes. There was also uh, something in here that she had to relearn all her stunts because the original time when they taught her how to do her stunts, she was wearing flat shoes. And then when she got into her outfit, she was in high heels and it was harder. So they had to literally do more training for her in high heels so she could do her stunts. Jeez. And her and Garrett did all their own stunts from what I understand. Wow. Yep. That I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think I do remember that actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when Garrett Hedlund is breaking into Encom, this is another Easter egg, he forges himself access, and when the door opens, he says, now that is a big door. In the original Tron, Jeff Bridges forges access into Encom with the same comment when the door opens. And I'm pretty sure it's the same door. I'm pretty sure it is, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looks the exact same. I I remember watching that in the theater. I'm like, hey, he said the thing. He said the thing. (laughs) He said the thing. And then someone I did not mention that was in the film is Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen is in this film for like a second. Um, But I love Michael Sheen. He just, his characters are just always fun. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a very big fan or is a very big fan of the original Tron. And when he was offered the role of Zeus, he wanted to immediately accept the role. Sheen's agents didn't want Disney to find out that he wanted to be in the film badly because Disney could get away with paying Sheen an incredibly low sum of cash for his acting. Mm-hmm. If he like immediately said yes. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, he doesn't want to lose the role. Like, he probably is a big enough fan that he's like, whatever, I'll do it for free. <laughs> let me mm-hmm. let me in the movie. Well, you like can tell agents, he had a lot of fun with it. And the agents yeah, want to get paid, though. You got to remember that. That's why they're no, like, no, no, no. Because I get part of this they cash. Already get, they already get paid enough. <laughs> they get part mm-hmm. of this cash, though, when he gets hired. So, you I know. know. Mm-mm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, also, the suits, not only could they only recline, but the suits were they had to wear were so extremely hot that when the cameras were not rolling, the cast would be underneath giant yellow air conditioning tubes to cool off. Oh, goodness. They'd be leaning and tube. <laughs> mm. They look so yeah. uncomfortable, too. Not just hot, but just like, like you can't move in them. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2010 was when a lot of this sort of stuff started. So... Well, and I mean, other than the Darth Vader suit, but anyways, like a lot of these types of suits and stuff, if you hear from like some of the older movies of of different superheroes, they were not easy to wear. Mm -hmm. And now they're very much easier. Like if you see the very first Iron Man suit to now what he was at Endgame, totally Mm -hmm. different spectrum. Mm -hmm. And that was only in a span of. What, 10 years? 10 10 to 12 years. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was funny because I'm surprised that Disney allowed it. It's the first Disney movie to have a theme promotion in the Playboy magazine. Huh. Okay. I'm shocked that Disney would allow a theme promotion in Playboy at all. Honestly, I'm not. 80s Disney, yes. 2010 Disney, Mm -mm. doesn't surprise me at all. Disney, at that point, 
they would they would have done anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, they've always kind of like subtly worked that type of marketing in there. I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit trail on this conversation. Well, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. I no. want trail. I would like to keep Disney as innocent in my brain as possible. We can keep. Mm. Then don't watch the anytime South Park has riffed on Disney. Don't watch that. I don't watch South Park, so we're good. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's there's one episode where they dig into I've this heard, particular topic. Well, I've heard Disney, I've heard riffs on Disney about these things and all the things. I just don't want to go down the rabbit trail because that's fair. I just mm-hmm. push it all out of my mind. <laughs> I stay, like stay to in that keep, wholesome world. I I am. Okay. I am going to stay in that wholesome okay. world. Mm-hmm. I've been jaded uh, for years, so I just accept it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. There's a, in every friend group. There's a wholesome and a jaded. Mm-hmm. It works. There, there you go. are. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. When Alan Bray, uh, why do I hate want to see Brady Bradley? When <laughs> Alan Bradley first meets Sam Flynn, the younger man slips out of his t-shirt to put on a clean one. Kevin Flynn does the exact same thing when he and Bradley arrive in Flynn's apartment in Tron. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So another Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And then um, Garrett beat hundreds of other actors to be to the part of Sam and he trained intensively when he got the parts so he could do his own stunts. So some of the guys that were up for the grabs before uh, Garrett was Casey Affleck, Chris Pine, Ryan Gosling, and Michael Stahl David. I, I don't really know Michael Stahl David. Apparently he was in Cloverfield. And oh, Casey, that guy. Okay. Casey Affleck, um, I, and I didn't include this in here. I thought I'd just mention it. Casey Affleck was actually going to be Sam, but because of scheduling conflicts, he declined it and left Tron to go do his other thing. And then that's when mm. Garrett got the part. Yeah. I'm glad mm. he did. I really, I mean, I, I don't know if he's been in anything else, but I really liked him in this. Casey like, Affleck? Like no, no um, Garrett. Garrett. Garrett? Oh, I believe this was his first big debut, if I remember uh, correctly. Yeah. Hmm. Um, has he done never... since then? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, let's I, I see haven't here. followed him. He's done on the road, uh, which was our uh, the, the which 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 writer? Oh my Kerouac. god, Kerouac. Kerouac. Yeah. Um, he Triple still, Frontier, which he is, is still one of... very good looking. Just oh, yes. my eye. Ooh. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the beard, uh, oh, yeah. the hair. He was in yeah. Triple Frontier, which is a Netflix movie that Brett loves. Um, and I watched with him one night. Uh, what else? He was in Pan as Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was him. Let's see here. What did he do before? Oh, he was in Country Strong before Tron Legacy. Hmm. Okay. He was also in Aragon, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I his first. He was in Troy. That was his first appearance. Duh, but okay. I don't think I watched Troy until <laughs> after I watched Tron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was he's been in a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, but he got know. killed in Troy. It was sad. Yeah. Uh, but let's see here. Hmm. He was really good in Friday Night Lights, too. He was the son of so Tim McGraw played a drunk father, and that was he played his son. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. Oh, such a good football movie. So good. Yeah. I'm and not then, a big football guy, so I typically don't watch many football movies. Except remember the Titans. Mm. I watched that one. Well, everyone has was, to watch that. Yeah. Remember that's the a, Titans is right, like right a passage. must. That's, that's yeah. a requirement, you know. Yeah. I guess his most recent, he's in a TV miniseries called Lawman. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's still around. I feel yes. like I feel like either is dating or got married to someone really popular, but I can't remember who. Nope, he's not married. Maybe it was just he dated somebody. I don't know. Anyways, did he date Emma Roberts? This no, is Emma no. Roberts because I Google right says now? are Emma Roberts and Garrett Hedlund married? <laughs> so he must have been Emma Roberts. Okay. They're no longer together, together, but they have a child together. Okay. Gotcha. There you go. Gotcha. I, gotcha. I, had a, I had a big crush on uh, Emma Roberts for a while. I Fair. had a big crush on Garrett when this they, movie came out. Fair enough. They're both yep. very attractive people. Very attractive people. <laughs> That's going to be one very attractive baby or, you know, one good looking kid. Oh, sure is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, last but not least, before I talk about some of their um, their nominations, a desire for a Tron sequel really grew around 2005 when Disney finally acknowledged the original film's cult status. So it took them a while to realize that mm. people love Tron, like the cult status Tron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since Tron, the original didn't, they, they said no to Academy Awards. I was curious if this one got anything and it did it got hundreds of nominations like i was just scrolling i'm like so many nominations Mm -hmm. and it did get some wins in some lesser known award shows but the three top ones that i wanted to mention was it got nominee a nomination um for an oscar for best achievement in sound editing uh it also had a nomination for the critics choice award for best visual effects but the only winner of one of the, some of the bigger ones is the academy of science fiction fantasy and horror where jeff bridges won best actor cool and even that's not really a big academy but it's a big academy for mm-hmm. science fiction fantasy and horror mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's pretty cool um, but yeah it, it did well at all compared to the first one so that's a lot mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it did. Well, I mean, they didn't, CGI was a thing now, so they didn't mm-hmm. say nope. Right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, thoughts? Silence. You want me to go first? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, right. I was going to say, first? I feel okay, like I'm Dan like... should go first, because I know Ashley and I are going to go off on, like, a tangent about this. Yes, we are. Movie. So, yeah, oh, cool. I feel like that's I love fair. tangents. Yeah. <laughs> I love tangents. Yes. So, um, yeah, I wrote down notes, but I'm just going to wing it just because I love this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's interesting because I know for a long time, like a lot of people, myself included, had been wanting to see um, some version of a sequel. I think I remember seeing I was being like in the early 2000s where I was like, you know, with the way the Internet is now, like how cool would it be to see a Tron sequel with like a modern day, you know, technology? So this was like a mm-hmm. big buildup uh, mm-hmm. for me and a lot of people. So seeing this finally pay off. To me, it was worth it. Like, it was really rewarding, even though they didn't really mm-hmm. do, like, the internet exactly. Like, seeing the updated version of what this computer world would look like uh, mm-hmm. was a, a lot of fun. And I mm-hmm. loved how, like, even though it wasn't as, like, nostalgic and 80s as the first one, it still had the, I loved, like, the realistic look for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, like... To use your word, it was trippy, but it was also very dreamlike, very serene. Like every time mm-hmm. I watched both movies, but really this one, I was like, I want to live there. I want to live in that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's a uh, world like that should, you know, anytime you see a fictional world, you should see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to live there. Yeah. Um, I love the use of separate ways by Journey 
when uh, Sam goes into the uh, the arcade for the mm-hmm. first time, you know, and it's mm-hmm. all worn down and dusted over and everything. So it's like, first of all, I mean, again, 80s nostalgia, big Journey fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's like, it's a breakup song, you know, it's a love mm-hmm. song, but it's mm-hmm. like yeah. also flipped to use for like, you know, a kid reaching out to his, to his, to his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I love how you can like flip that so easily. I love that yeah. song. Mm-hmm. It's such a good it's song. It's playing in my head now. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw you bopping <laughs> along to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, uh, it'll stick with you. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a fun fact. When we were talking about the arcade games, um, there's mm-hmm. actually an, there's an arcade that I go to close to uh, where I live right now, and uh, it actually has one of the original Tron consoles in there. So I've no. you know gone in there and played it, and it, it's just like it literally looks exactly like it does in the movie. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. Same sounds, same mm-hmm. like you know wrap around like look in thing where it like looks like you're on the game grid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's fun i mean it's worn out so it's almost impossible to actually play before it malfunctions in some way but it's mm-hmm. still fun mm-hmm. yeah and they're pretty rare too like they're pretty rare nowadays we so fort wayne just north of fort wayne is huntertown and huntertown has apparently i did not know this but one of the biggest and best kept secrets of the arcade world and it's like they have 50 plus original arcade systems. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think Tron is in there because we went there one day for a meeting and just to have fun. And I believe mm-hmm. Tron is in there. Has a lot of original Star Wars ones and mm-hmm. they get them and they 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 fix them up to make sure they were in working order and stuff. So if you ever come visit up here, I will take you to the arcade world. Absolutely. I think it's called Wizard something. I don't know. Wizard's Definitely. Arcade World, Wizarding World. I don't know. Wizard, okay, cool. It's wizard something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. So what else? I have I have a whole tangent when it comes to uh. Go for uh, it. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that's uh, that I want to add before I go on this thing because this part's been deeply impactful for me. Okay. Um. Trying to think if there's anything else to add before I do my little thing. Uh, eh, it's all good. Um, so I touched on this a little bit in when we talked about the original Tron, but it didn't go as deep with the original Tron. And mm-hmm. I, but it goes really deep with this one. And uh, I don't know if they did that on purpose or or what, but I love how they deeply just expanded the whole mythos of that world. Um, and you know, I've I've for me, it's been impactful because like in this one, I've really identified with the character of Flynn as he mm-hmm. is like an old man. It is sort of like, you know, spiritualist, Buddhist, Taoist sort of approach to, you mm-hmm. know, everything. Um, and I love how like Clue isn't actually the bad guy. Technically, like mm. Clue mm-hmm. is really just, you know, I mean, cause, you know, Flynn specifically says it. He's like, Clue, you know, oh, yeah, Clue screwed up the system. It's like Flynn's like, no, 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 Clue's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my version of how I saw the world at the time. And, um, you know, literally Clue, all Clue is, is just a snapshot of, you know, Flynn's specific worldview and how he was mm-hmm. trying to make things perfect and make things symmetrical and, you know, bringing things to its maximum, you know, potential as, a, you know, as a young man chasing a specific, you know, mindset. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
you know, he's doing everything he was programmed to do. Um, and, you know, his idea of perfection is very specific, but Flynn never planned on meeting this, the ISOs, you know, this sort of combination of organic and synthetic. And, you know, it was something that sort of caught him off guard and he never planned on actually growing as a person. So it's mm-hmm. interesting because like, you know, it, it expanded his worldview and that's something, a feature that he never even crossed his mind. He never wrote that into Clue, you know? So mm-hmm. like Flynn grows and changes, but Clue sees that, you know, expanding of perfection as like a failure. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I don't know, like I've been on my own sort of, you know, quest for, you know, meanings of life and everything like that. And going into that, it's like, you know, we see a lot of times, like you see our enemies as just, you know, forces against us, which sometimes they can be, but other times they can also be just parts of ourselves that we haven't really healed from yet, you mm-hmm. know? So in the in that way, Clue was kind of like that. Um, you know, they're, uh, you know, a better way, it's like we are kind of our own worst enemies sometimes. You know, how many of us have gotten to a place in life where we've grown beyond something and yet those younger parts of ourselves, our own clues, you know, our own mm-hmm. reflections of life are fighting us, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we have to kind of approach that, you know, they're, um, how, how did I say it? You know, we have, you know, they're, they're yelling at us. They're telling us that we were wrong. We're doing something wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, the only way to deal with them, you know, throughout the movie, you know, Flynn was sort of hiding from that version of himself, you know, oh, the younger version, he's winning. But in the end, he sort of had to approach it with, you know, kindness and compassion and curiosity and sort of make peace with that, you know, make peace with the part of himself that was, uh, that refused to learn, you know, refused to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the only way we can sort of heal with that. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, it sort of poses even deeper questions like, um, you know, what is, you know, how, how did I say it? Like, what is so distinct about the human mind and human spirit from programs is that Flynn was able to rethink his whole views on perfection. And Clue wasn't able to do that because he was just a program. So it's like, what is the human spirit who's able to grow and evolve and adapt, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally? And, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, even programs, even though there's sort of these artificial intelligence stuff, like they're just doing what they're prompted to do. So it's mm-hmm. like, what, you know, it, I don't know, to me, it just gets deep and it's like, what is the human mm-hmm. spirit, you know, um, being able to evolve and change and all that. And I don't know, it's, I, I, I feel like I had this more profoundly in my head, but I know it's also early to get like super, you know, I'm, I'm high and I'm philosophical. Like, what are we, dude? <sighs> I don't know. No, but it, I mean, it makes sense. You're talking about mm-hmm. like how, like, I mean, we're in this world right now of everyone wants AI to continue to grow and all these things, but because they think it's going to make our lives easier, but AI is just a computer system. It's just something we've created. It doesn't mm-hmm. have actual emotions or a soul or anything like that to mm-hmm. grow and to expand and to learn, like organically learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, yeah, I I can see where you got all that from this movie. I yeah. can. But no, again, it's like they're also just reflections of ourselves too, because we imprint yeah. so much of ourselves onto that. So it's like exactly. really just our own souls looking back at us, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a AI snapshot looking... in time, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a. It's it's one giant mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are all yeah. our own worst clues. <sighs> yeah. Can I just say, 
it's so nice to have Dan back on the show. Aww. Because yeah, we don't get this. Ashley and I would have been like, <laughs> Ashley and I would literally be like, oh my God, Sam is so cute. And I like the suits. They're super cool. And the story was fun. And the CGI was weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was nervous. I was like, oh, we're, we're, we're just talking about fun stuff, which is fine. I was like, I don't want to get love it. too complex. I love it. No, like, yeah. like I liked the fight at the end when Clue, when mm-hmm. they like face each other, but mm-hmm. I could have never done all that that you just did. Well, for me, it's yeah. like, I mean, I, I do this on a daily basis in my morning mm-hmm. routine sometimes. It's like how many, I've had conversations exactly like that with mm-hmm. like in my own internal younger self, mm-hmm. you know, my 20 year old self yelling at me now you know, for things I'm doing that he never would have done back then, you know, mm. you know, how many of us have done that? I mean, the version of us 10 years ago, would you, you know, mm. would you yell at that person or would you, would you hang out with that person? Poses the questions. How old are, mm-hmm. wait, 20 years ago, how old was it? 20 years ago, 30 20 or 10 so or whoever, 50, how, how, however many years. 15 year old Ashley. No, I'd be yelling at 15 year old Ashley. But would she be yelling <laughs> we, at you? Uh, no, cause she didn't yell. Uh, no yeah i was gonna say definitely not 15 year old 15 year old ashley would have been like wait we have the we have the courage to do that and to say that like yes yes honey (laughs) Mm -hmm. we do yeah let's let's do it Mm -hmm. Um, let's see here 10 year old at 10 10 years ago that'd be 25 um potentially yeah she might be yelling at me Mm -hmm. yeah she might be yelling at me is why i'm not in florida she might be yelling at me about Mm her she might be yelling at me about why aren't we married yet she might be yelling at me about a lot of things Mm -hmm. probably (laughs) oh gosh my career all of it all of it oh we'll just leave 25 year old ashley where she is (laughs) yeah i feel like it's better here like i don't think that my 25 year old self was better no Mm -hmm. but you know like when you're in your 20s or like early 20s i feel like you're so much more judgmental of like everybody you know yeah like everyone i don't know especially yourself yeah Yeah. you really are i think that's what that's the crux of it right there yeah i I, I was definitely critical of myself back then Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. like i didn't admit it but exactly yeah. just so much judgment and it's much yeah. better to be this old because yeah. you're it's much easier to be at peace with yourself you can solve mm-hmm. those questions but yeah the 20s oof no yeah mm-hmm. well i just think it depends on how you grow like for me mm-hmm. i grew like my growth was good like i look at my 20s and i'm like i was making some dumb decisions mm-hmm. and allowing people to take advantage of me emotionally spiritually um like all the things so it's like i think it just depends on where you were and where you're going like i feel like i'm advancing in a good way Mm -hmm. um whereas maybe somebody else is advancing in a bad way like they took the wrong turn down the wrong Mm -hmm. road or or Mm -hmm. whatever so i think it just depends my morals and my 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 morals and my beliefs have not changed very much Mm -hmm. maybe some development there but not not Mm -hmm. to the point where my 25 year old self's yelling at me fair enough Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy, you? I think my 25-year-old... Oh, sorry. No, you can go ahead, Dan, because I'm still pondering. No, I think my 25-year-old self would have said, why didn't we do this earlier? (laughs) That's that's kind of my first thought, too. Yeah, some Mm -hmm. of the stuff, I would just be like, wait, why are you just now doing this? Yeah, why take you so long? Exactly. That was kind of my first thought, too, is that's how my 25-year-old self would be. It would be like, what have you been doing this whole time? 
You know? When did you and Robbie get married? How old are you? What year is this? Hold on. It's it's 2023. So it'll be 10 years in next year. So nine years ago. You were 26? Yeah. So it was about 10 years ago. Yeah. About that Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of the stuff we're doing now, I just know I would just be like, well, why did you wait? Mm-hmm. You know, what what happened? <laughs> why did you just now figure this part out? We know? got distracted. We needed money. That's what I would tell him. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like I would more so yell at my younger self, like some of the, the stuff. In some you know, ways. versus the other yeah. way around. Like, I feel like I would be like, don't act like that. Well, I feel like in Ashley, same way, like as a teenager, just be like, stop worrying about A, B, and C. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Don't worry about what yeah. all these other people think about you or what they're saying about you or, you know, mm-hmm. any of that nonsense. Yeah. Don't listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Feel mm-hmm. your feelings, young man. Don't hide them. Feel them. They will help you heal. They will help you grow. Yeah. 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 Lots of things are coming to my mind of what I tell my 15. Mm-hmm. I told you, man, this movie gets deep. Makes you, uh, makes you think. Oh, yeah. It does anyway. Like, oh, dear. 15 year old self was a pushover. Mm. You would not recognize me, Dan, like as 15 year old Ashley. Like, I was night and day when I was in college. Interesting. Mm hmm. Sammy's like, yep. Mm-hmm. She has, yeah. she was different. Mm-hmm. But I don't good. know if like the girls we used to hang out with would recognize me now. To be honest, Mm-mm. probably not. No, honestly, like, if we had if we actually had a reunion and I went, I don't think anybody in our school would recognize me. No, because it's my personality very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh goodness. Anything else, Dan? Yeah, there we go. Tron Legacy. Think about perfection, it's unknowable, but it's also all around us all the time. Thank you, Flynn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Getting deep. Very. Thank you, Bridges, for that mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Dude's just perpetual. I think he's just perpetually. I, I think he's just playing himself in that movie. Honestly, it feels like it. That could be. Like, yeah, I think that's just sort that of is- his outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could get that yeah. vibe from him. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say that I. This is a not a ex existential crisis comment, but the fact that Clue came back in this movie, mm-hmm. I think, is really cool because Clue dies. Right. Very, very painfully in the first one. Very painfully. Yeah. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. glad they brought Clue back. It just makes me sad that he couldn't see past what he was programmed, but he was a program. So exactly. That was the point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't evolve. Sammy, your thoughts on legacy? Well, I already said I like the suits. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Um <laughs> No, I do. I really like this movie. I like the storyline. I like the idea of the, you know, his son coming to find him and mm-hmm. reuniting and yeah, the mm-hmm. battle and everything. Like, I just think it's a, a well laid out movie. They put a lot of thought, I think, feel like into the storyline, which, you know, is nice because you never know what you're going to yeah. get in a uh, sequel, especially when it's all these years later, like 28 years later. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just fun movie. I mean, sad. 
at the end. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. I always it's, bitter, it's bittersweet. I always wish. I'm just like, no, just bring him this time. Don't uh-huh. leave him. But I understand why. You know, yeah. has to stay. I get it. It's like, yeah. But it yeah. always makes me sad. And I think part of it's just the look on Sam's face when you know. They have their last connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's after just these years of separation. Uh, anytime something like this happens, I'm like, it's an Ar- another Armageddon moment. Nah, it's uh, one of those movies, one of those scenes. Oh, why? Oh. Uh, Take care of our little girl now. That's your job. No, no, I don't want to watch this. I'll be this. looking out for you. That one man tear. Just. Oh. Uh. Terrible. Pardon you, Willis. <laughs> uh, terrible, terrible. Uh, but, you know, and I like the addition of Cora. I thought she was a fun, you know, addition. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. third. And they're three musketeer. Little yeah. <laughs> act. So I'm glad they threw her in there, too, to help balance everything out. And it wasn't just the two boys. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. a good addition. But I do wish Tron was in it a bit more. Like we said, since, you know, right? yeah. name's on the movie. And it's not really in it. Uh, for two seconds he's in at the beginning like at the first fight because he fights him yeah but Um, and you can tell because he had the two things Mm -hmm, the two yeah (laughs) i like the little rated act (laughs) the two things really a poor (laughs) the things pew pew (laughs) frisbees the 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 discs the discs there we go they were Actually, frisbees in the original Tron movie. They were, yeah. They were. Well, of course, they were. I mean, what else were they going to use? I mean, um, yeah. there you are, identifier discs. <laughs> but I mean, it makes. I mean, the fact that Tron is under the influence of Clue makes sense because they show mm-hmm. the three of them together getting everything ready, and then Clue, like him and Tron, are talking, and Clue's like ambushes him, and Tron's like, "Go, go," mm-hmm. because yeah. he's there to protect him, and yeah. and. And I mean, at least we got to see Alan for a second because he's yeah, I'm glad he, and he made a stink and got back because that's ridiculous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad he did too. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense for the storyline that they created that Tron was going to be a bad guy and not seen much. Mm-hmm. And the fact and I and I really believe that they didn't show his face because they didn't want to try to. De-age. That's what I assumed too. Mm-hmm. They were like, ah, oh, we spent so much money on chat. We can't do it for another person. I'm sorry. Right. He can't be seen in this one. But he reduces himself. He like it finally yeah. like um um uh Flynn's voice penetrates whatever's going on in the program and he's like, I fight for the user. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I always like when we get to his redemption finally. It's great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But he dies too. Well. What are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> but Cora lives. You, well, mm-hmm. here's the thing. You never know. Because at the end, uh Sam puts a uh, puts a necklace on with a little chip and it glows. Mm-hmm. Maybe things are still there. There's Maybe a, there's a hint. There's a hint that they could Maybe do more. Twenty eight years later we'll get another We'll have Sam's child now. <laughs> Sam's right. child goes and he enters the grid and Aww. there we are again. Really like to figure out what happens with Cora. I'm like, can she actually survive? I had so many questions in the, the world. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of questions about what the deal is with Cora in the real world. Yeah, that is, well, and that's the one thing. Like he talks about how the isotopes are like 
the savior of our world. Like they're going to do so much good and change the view of all these things. And it's like, but you didn't tell us how they're going to do that. And that's the one thing that's missing from this movie. And the one thing that's, that's missing true. from the storyline that I'm like, I need to know. What do you how, mean? Like what specifically, how, how does work? that actually yes. work? Yeah. Can you yeah. sit down and explain, Flynn, and please? Yes. Uh-huh. And that's the one thing they didn't give us. And I'm like, ugh. I need like, I guess, the, I, I, like, the only way my mind would recognize it is, like, it's synthetic and organic. So somehow we can enter the synthetic DNA of a person into a computer and learn how to manipulate it in some way. So it's like, Maybe. hey, you want to cure cancer? You just enter a code, boom, cancer gone. Like something like that. Yeah. That's what I would imagine. Okay, I don't know. Or, you know, want to know the meaning mm-hmm. of life? What is meaning of life? You know, I, that's how I would reconcile it. Well, and or if there's the other one, mm-hmm. if of he's wrong and she can't survive out there and she doesn't do what they were hoping she could do. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of the took I took on it in my book, but that was because I needed Flynn away from her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I was just thinking that I'm like, of course, Ashley got rid of her in her uh, story. She was just like, I have no use for you, Cora. So you condemned humanity just so you could uh, be with your crush. Yeah. I mean, she could have stayed don't and you were like, like, no, Garrett's don't, mine. Don't act like that's not the reason. She's trying to justify humanity is it, but because she knows. of your crush. How dare you? why i why i didn't bring her into the story probably because well okay so we already had a trio and bringing cora into the story just didn't make any sense i needed i needed some way for sam to just fall into the world of disney and the only way i could get him to like be sad and moody was for someone to die but his dad already died so i'm like i need something else so she go cora so I'm sorry, Corey, you didn't make it. She's not that sorry. Okay, they're sad, and then there's just genuinely traumatized. He but probably loses his dad and he loses Cora. Like he loses two people. Probably true. Yeah. Very impactful in his life. I mean, even though he knew Cora for a short time, she was still had an impact on him. So he loses two people and all of a sudden he's back alone again. And she was the last he, connection you know. to the grid right. and all that, you know? Yeah. Wow, Ashley. Well, Listen, you were totally it's fine with the story when I gave it to you. It's a very Disney thing of you to do to traumatize our main characters. That is true. That is a very Disney move. Yeah. A secondary character, Sammy and I were the main characters. We are mm-hmm. in the story, yes. And this this is Ashley's story that we this have segued Ashley's into. This is Ashley's Disney fan fiction. By the way, if you couldn't tell. Uh-huh. Well, so when did we... Was the Osborne Lights up when we had this discussion? about like what where we were gonna live yeah because we did this we were this was all before they were like we're gonna get rid of the the streets of america and the osborne lights it was so i started writing star wars there yeah this was all before that because when they did it for like 2010 yeah because they didn't do that till 2015 was the last year for the osborne lights so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So I think you were down, I feel like this was one of the rare times you were down during Christmas or like, no. Well, during college, yeah. During college, I was, we tended to go around Christmas because I had two or three weeks off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was living down there like permanently at that point. And you and I were, and it was after we saw Tron and I think we were walking down the streets of America. And so when I started the story up, I mean, Tron was literally just out. So Karen Mm -hmm. Hedlund was like in our faces and that's why i chose sam as the mm-hmm. disney character to be a part of our trio mm-hmm. if it was someone else it probably would have been a different character like if it was a different time period when i did it true 
Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's a fan fiction. I can do whatever I want to I mean, look, I wrote a fan fiction once about Ariel from The Little Mermaid and Ozzy Osbourne getting high together. So there you go. I want to read this. It came from a dream. <laughs> I want to read this. I, I never, I, I hadn't finished it. I never finished it yet, but uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably get around to it. Okay, wait. My first question is, is she a mermaid or is she a person in this? She, Good question. She, how did I, how did I write it? She is a, a mermaid like by day but at night she turns into a human okay like it's a it's a it's interesting a, take okay yeah. basically the way the way i wrote it was like she it's a picks up from the movie the first one uh-huh. becomes a human realizes she really doesn't like this society at all so she wants to go back to being a mermaid okay. of course ursula's dead so she can't be turned back into a mermaid so she comes up of up with some other like kind of magic or whatever that basically she screws it up to where she is only she like transforms back and forth okay um but it also like gives her unnatural long life kind of like a golem thing so okay. everyone she knew from the first movie is dead and she's like 120 something years old now okay and then she comes into uh early or late 70s early 80s birmingham and uh happens to meet in the same area where ozzy is uh mm-hmm. ozzy's coming big okay Okay. And Ozzy being Ozzy just thinks he's high. It's like, oh, I saw, I saw a big bloody fish, man. That's a big bloody fish that turned into a person. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't believe what I just saw, mate. Oh, that's great. Was Oz, or is Ozzy British? Are you serious? He's, yes. <laughs> is he British? He's so British. Our family is British. I don't pay attention Maybe, to the Osbournes. Well, to be fair, Obviously. you can't understand 90% of what Ozzy is saying these sure. days because of the drugs. So, you know, it's probably hard to discern the British in there. Yeah. Well, his accent could have just been fake because of all the drugs. So I don't oh, no, know. They are very British. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Mm-hmm. When did he come to America? Uh, I don't know. During the a, Sabbath years, like is, sometimes in the yeah. Mid seventies, I think. He's a rock okay. star, right? So yeah, when he came to be like a rock when Sabbath star. got really big, yeah, mm-hmm. that's when they started okay. touring. Did if you ever read his book, he talks about that. the first time he ever had American pizza. He said it's the best thing he ever tasted. It's like it's 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 like it's bread, but it's got like like cheese and, and pepperoni on it, and it's this is the best thing I've ever tasted. Oh my goodness! He Dude, high when like, he was writing. What's that? Was oh, he no, no, high no. when he was when he, his ghostwriter was writing it? No, I think he was sober at the time. He, he yeah. came out in like 2010. But I yeah, mean, like back okay. then, yeah. like, yeah, he gained like 15 pounds in like a couple of weeks because he ate pizza. so much pizza. So much pizza. <laughs> oh, I love that story. That's why you look at him in the 80s. He's got kind of a, he's kind of, it's kind of tubby. Because of the pizza. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good All to the know. pizza and the booze. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back to Tron. Like, <laughs> no, we, we have really wandered that off again. That was a really wander off. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was my thoughts going with this? Because I literally just finished it this morning. Um, I feel like I've already said all my thoughts. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. It does make you think about life mm-hmm. when when Dan lays it out for us. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Nothing else. It was the inspiration. It was part of the inspiration for my one character was an inspiration for my book. Story, novel, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Sammy, any more? 
No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Okay. Uh, Pixie Dusters, thank you so much for uh, coming to listen to our last episode in November of Tron and Trog Legacy mm -hmm. for our time capsule movies. Mm -hmm. um, next month is, oh my gosh, December. It is Christmas. It is. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. it. I hate you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, hey, listen, if I have to listen to it on a daily basis of work, so do you. No, I don't. <laughs> You're all sharing in my pain. I haven't had to listen to Christmas music at all yet. I don't listen to the radio. I have my own Spotify list. I don't, I ignore it. It is not Thanksgiving. Well, in real time, it's not Thanksgiving yet, but in no. podcast time. Enjoy that is. little uh, Christmas nuclear bomb I just <clears throat> planted in your psyche. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You suck. Anyways, um, so as we go into December, we will be doing some Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to be, and I can't believe we have not done this one yet, is Mickey's A Christmas Carol. Hello, how have we not done this? I have no like, idea. Classic, classic, classic Disney movie. Uh, we're also gonna be talking about I'll Be Home for Christmas uh, with JTT, our favorite 90s heartthrob. That's Jonathan um, Taylor Thomas for all of you younger viewers. Yeah, they're not gonna oh, know. Yeah, just call right. him JTT back in the 90s. They're not gonna know. Back mm -hmm. in the olden days. Yeah. They should know this. I know Listen, I talked to some um, kids Jonathan who were Taylor 18 Thomas. who didn't know about the Lonely Island, so there you go. About the what? They don't the know The Lonely that? Islands. That's Literally, not, 18, that's not a eight... thing? People don't know that anymore? Kids? That is, that is, that's a thing. <sighs> kids in high school don't know about the Lonely Islands. Okay. High school also can't read cursive. So if we want well, to I ever can't. give each I'm... other like... Listen, I was never that good at reading cursive, so... I mean, who really well, uses cursive, though, to be fair? It's... Exactly. You use it but... to sign, and then that's, you know, that's it. But if we wanted to give each other secret messages where, where Gen Zers had no clue what we were saying to take over their world, all mm. we had to do is write in cursive. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. I'd, I'd have to realize, I don't remember half the letters that I learned. I, like, I can sign my name and that's about it. I, I probably do because I just, I've just been out of practice. It's probably in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's all my dad writes is cursive. So Apparently. I literally have to be able to still read it or I will not be able to read any of his birthday cards. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's like a like an older person thing. Yeah, that they yeah. still use the cursive. Yeah. And so I still use cursive because I see it all the time. Uh-huh. Like we we were writing. This is totally off topic. We were um, writing State Farm sayings onto some ornaments for a wreath that we're doing for like a State Farm wreath we have to do mm -hmm. for the community. A thing that's going on and i started writing in cursive and uh, like on the ornament and one of my gen z uh co-workers she's like what are you doing i'm like oh i'm sorry this is cursive she's like i have i have no idea like their signatures nowadays aren't even cursive it's like lines you should see mine well here's it's literally just a line. cursive d that's it yeah that's yeah. pretty much all they do no, I still do my full name. I still do every letter. Good for you. Good for you. Mine my driver's not, license. I think my driver's yeah. license still has my full name on it. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, uh -huh. I don't do all that. Mine is much shorter. My name is too long for all that. So you can make the S out, and I think the B, and then that's kind of it. Yeah. My name is just as long as yours. Sort of. It is certainly not, but not okay. Really. Sure. My name's about to get shorter, hopefully. Yeah, Myers I went is the shorter opposite than... way. I know, <laughs> and I went the opposite way. So. 
anyways, we're going to be talking about, we got on a 90s trail. Um, I'll be home for Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol, uh, something else in between that I can't remember off the top Come of my on. head. And then Home Alone, thank you. Home mm-hmm. Alone 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then um, the second season of Ooh. The Santa Clauses. Yeah. Uh, I haven't started it yet, so I'm going to just wait so I can binge it. Good for mm-hmm. you. This is the way. I, I watched the first three episodes of season one last night because I haven't oh, seen okay. it yet. Yeah, so. you got to catch well, up. And because I'm trying to get national right ri- novel, keep up with National Novel Writing Month, I'm trying not to really watch anything. Mm-hmm. So I'll just binge some stuff. Like I haven't finished Ahsoka yet because I'm still. <laughs> I haven't writing. watched Ahsoka. I have not. Watched I'm it. So started. Behind, I have not started. I have started. It. I'm like in the middle of it, and I'm actually at a point where I'm like, how have I not watched the next episode? I need to know what happens. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm dedicated this mm-hmm. month for the first time. And yes. yes. Good job. But anyways, job. everyone have a great rest of your November. We will see you in the Christmas season next week with Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. The show is written and produced by Ashley and Sammy, except for those manifestos, which are all written by Dan himself. Intro and audio editing by Sammy, logo created by Ashley. The show is produced as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Make sure you check out all of our other shows and have a magical day.